What's up, guys? I want to give a shout out to all the people that have been listening to the podcast for the last two full years, actually three full years. And I also want to give a shout out to all the new people who have been listening for the last couple weeks. Our numbers are consistently growing by dozens every single week. And I just want to give a huge shout out to all the new listeners out there. If you like the podcast, if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend or family member. Now right to the episode. To all, uh, to all the listeners today, I got a special guest, Benjamin Smith, founder of Disco, all natural skincare brand for men. But I wanted to say, dude, I, uh, I can't remember exactly how I started following you. I think you were reposted by another page I follow, and I really liked all your content on philosophy and health optimization. But before we get to the nitty gritty, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your background and who you are as a person? Yeah, so my name is Benjamin Smith. I'm the founder of uh, Disco Skincare, which is a natural skincare brand for men. I personally have been interested in sort of optimizing my health, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, for the better part of you know ten to twelve years, um, sort of towards the end of high school. So I'm about thirty now, and you know that sort of transformed over time, starting from just being interested in the weight room to getting more interested into my diet. On top of that, to eventually getting interested into things like sauna and cold plunge and peptides and hormones and blood work and you know, optimizing my my wakeful schedule and meditation, et cetera. So it's kind of morphed over time as I've become more and more familiar with the health and wellness industry and space. But yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I live here in Austin, Texas as well. Nice. How do you like Austin? Big fan. Yeah, I've been here ever since I graduated college. So the better part of eight years now. So yeah, it's definitely warm. I am, you know, a child of the uh, the mid-Atlantic sort of DC, Baltimore area. So it's certainly not like, you know, Boston or New York in terms of coldness and snow, but it gets cold there. So I'm happy to live in a place that doesn't really get cold too often. <laughs> Same. So I'm at, I'm in Palm beach gardens, Florida, which is a, there you go. Yeah. Pr- pretty similar to Austin, Texas. But, uh, before we get into, uh, more details of health and philosophy, I wanted to ask you some questions about burning man, because I saw a lot of the pictures that you posted last year of burning man. And I've heard a little bit about burning man, but I don't know exactly what it is, but can you tell us and tell the audience a little bit about Burning Man and your experience. Yeah, I'll do my best. So uh, Burning Man is a gathering uh, in a desert outside of um, Reno in Nevada, about two or three hour drive outside of Reno. And essentially, it's just a, a gathering of what I would call fairly open-minded folks to share uh, a pretty pretty life-changing experience, which includes you know, art and um, talks about wellness and sex and psychedelics and many other things for that matter too uh as well as you know enjoying ourselves from a dancing standpoint too but you know it was really founded upon like the art component and sort of morphed into something more than that so um yeah there's about eighty thousand people that go annually that was my first burn i would have liked to have gone before but for various reasons like missed 2018 and 19 and then 2020 there was covid uh so you know i ended up there when i was supposed to get there but yeah honestly my experience you know, could not have been better. I had probably what I would call like the best eight or nine days of my life. So I was there for one or two days before it started and sort of one day at the end. Um, and, you know, frankly, next year I'll probably go and help my camp build as well. So yeah, you know, in terms of what I experienced, think of it as sort of like a video game where you basically each day wake up whatever time schedule you, you know, sort of find yourself in and can do whatever you want. There's not really, you know, a few camps have Wi-Fi and stuff, but for the most part, nobody's using their phones. Nobody has any responsibilities, like sort of in the default world or, you know, where we are now. And so everyone's super present, you know, men, women, everyone in between. Nobody really has any 
plan for the day. So you kind of just wake up with this like clean slate tabula rasa, if you will, and can do whatever you want. You can go see art exhibits. You can go check out music. You can, you know, go imbibe with your friends. Like it, it's just totally endless in terms of the possibilities. And then you add on top like the amazing art and music and whatnot. And it just is truly like the most surreal and unique experience I've ever been a part of in my life. And so anyone who's thinking of going, it's certainly challenging because it's very, very hot. Uh, during the day, you have to prepare quite a bit in terms of what you bring. Uh, it also can be a bit uh, debilitating, like in the middle of Burning Man when, you know, you're kind of sleep deprived, it's hot, like, you know, you don't have all your comforts and that's a good thing. So that's the only thing I would just sort of asterisk is saying like, hey, it's not all like beautiful Instagram models and what it might look like just on uh, on social media. It can be challenging, but it's all it's all for the better. So right. sorry, short, I couldn't recommend it more, um, you know, regardless of whether you're into art or music or house music or lasers or whatever. Um, <laughs> as long as you're a fairly open-minded person and like to have fun, we'll have a blast. Right, right. Love that. And fairly open-minded. What do you mean by fairly open-minded? Is that uh, the opposite of being in the matrix? <laughs> I don't necessarily, no, not necessarily referring to like red pill versus blue pill type thinking. I'm more saying like uh, if you're really rigid and, you know, not comfortable with, you know, being out of your routine, and not comfortable with seeing people express themselves in a, in a radical way, which is one of the tenets of a Burning Man radical self-expression. I don't mean that in a cliche way. Like people are naked, like people are certainly taking plant medicines um, and really enjoying themselves. But, you know, the thing about Burning Man that's interesting is like, I think from an outside perspective, many people think it's kind of just like a drug fest where people just go to party and stuff. Right. And certainly like people do enjoy themselves there. But for the most part, you know, in the nine days I was there, I didn't see a single person that was falling over needed help or anything like that. Whereas like if you go to a traditional music festival, oh, so like, yeah, you know, Coachella, ACL, you know, I don't know, I'd wager to say one in five people should probably be at home, right? Or should be taken home. So absolutely it's a very conscious um and self-aware group of people who sort of understand the dynamics of, you know, what taking things can do to you. So I guess it's more just to say like there's some veteran partiers there and and you know they know how to handle themselves. And it's really impressive to see. No, and that, that's a great transition into the next topic I did want to discuss when it comes to consciousness and awareness. I Honestly, guys, um, to all the people that are listening, I, I wanted Benjamin on the podcast because when I started following him, I really, really enjoyed his content. I feel like him and I have a lot of similar mindsets when it comes to mental health, when it comes to physical health, when it comes to performance and uh, being aware and being conscious of where our thoughts are, of what we're doing with our time, of what we're putting in our body, from the air we breathe to how much sun we receive in the morning. Uh, that was one thing that really attracted me to you, Benjamin. And I say this with the utmost sincerity is I really, really do enjoy the stuff you talk about. So when it comes to, you know, being really conscious, well, what are some of the exercises that you like to partake in every single day or what has been the biggest change or the thing that has made the biggest impact in you becoming more and more conscious over time. What's up, guys? If you are enjoying the content on my podcast and you want to learn more about how you can level up, about how you can be a better person, and how you can have an accountability coach to guide you through the entire process, head over to lifecoachzack.com, schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I'm happy to answer any questions you have and take you through the process of what it would be like to work with Life Coach Zach. Head over to lifecoachzack.com. Now back to the episode. That's a, that's a challenging question. I would say, I think of I think of them sort of separately, right? So there's like being conscious, which is 
I guess, just being aware of like your, your physical body, your emotional body and your spiritual body. And then the sort of like ascendance of that is like consciousness, right? So you could argue they're, they're sort of um, synonymous or similar, but that's kind of how I break it down. So I think being conscious is, um, again, you're catching me a bit on the spot here, but uh, just being really aware and understanding like what you're putting in your body, where you're putting your body, who you're spending time with, you know, what you're consuming from a media standpoint, uh, just the environments, both inner and outer that you create around yourself and just being thoughtful about that. So, you know, I think it's pretty easy to fall into the trap where you're not really, you know, consciously, no pun intended, choosing, you know, the, the food you're eating, the water you're drinking, where you're sleeping, the air quality, the people you spend your time with, the media you consume very quickly, you know, society has evolved, especially in the last 10 years to the point where people are all kind of on autopilot. Um, and I think if you don't take a second to like pause and just kind of, uh, examine, you know, the choices you're making in life at, at a very basic and primal level, um, then I would encourage you to do so. And, you know, in my journey, I'm just sort of like unfortunate to stumble across people who kind of helped me wake up a little bit. And, you know, frankly, it's not that difficult to just take stock on, you know, what's the air quality like in my house? What's what, what is the quality of the water I'm drinking? You know, let me look at the friends that I'm hanging out with. Are these people that are adding value to me and are making me a better person and are supportive or are they taking away from my life experience? So, you know, those are some basic exercises or thought exercises you could participate in. But yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. So again, the only thing I would caveat um, with is saying you don't want to over-engineer your life to the point where it's like too rigid and structured and, you know, I guess, quote unquote, like over-planned. Um, but I do think bringing some awareness, for lack of a better word, um, to the choices you make in the environments you put yourself in is highly important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And I'd like to talk about awareness a lot on this podcast, not only to benefit my audience, but also to benefit myself. I, I don't. I, you don't know much about me, but uh, I've been now a certified life coach, certified nutritionist for a little over three years. And uh, even though the financial compensation that I receive from my clients and the fulfillment and accomplishment and the sense of purpose that I get from helping people lose weight and helping people get sober and helping people get out of debt and things like that is great. But the biggest value that I gained from being a life coach and in this space is that I become a better person every single day because I step into this obligation and responsibility that I now have to be the best version of myself. So I, I really, I really did appreciate all the things that you talk about when it comes to that. And then pivoting towards philosophy. And we talk about life, we talk about conscious, we talk about philosophy. You know, we think of people like uh, Marcus Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius, excuse me, and Aristotle and things like that. But when you think about philosophy, what is something that you're trying to really gain as you dive deeper into somewhat of a philosophical figure and identify as that philosopher? Yeah, so I, I turned to philosophy, to, to philosophy sort of out of chance. So I just started reading fairly aggressively, um, probably two or three years ago, maybe three years ago. And eventually, if you do enough reading, you sort of come across the Stoics. Uh, and that's that's what happened with me, uh, sort of vis-a-vis -vis Ryan Holiday. Uh, he, he, I think, lives just outside of Austin. So um, have a few mutual friends and had a number of people sort of recommend his book. So that was kind of my first portal into the space. And from there, just sort of explored um, the very, his various books and then the books that... Um, you know, he writes, he writes about as well. So think like meditations from Marcus Aurelius, the Tao of Seneca by Seneca, um, et cetera. And, you know, from there I sort of got into a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Taoism. And I'm really, you know, this year, a big part of my, um, book plan for the year is to read, um, a little bit deeper into, you know, other philosophies as well. So, um, Hinduism, more about yoga, uh, et cetera. So, 
that's kind of like my journey over the last few years. I would say the reason I've turned to it and the reason it re has resonated with me and so many others, especially young men, is you know because of the secularization of society, right? So we've kind of moved away from, or we've not kind of, we've definitely moved away from religion. And you know we could talk all day about whether religion is good or bad, but I think that the obvious upside to it is there's like a clear set of morals and guiding living principles that it provides. And, you know, without that, you know, folks are sort of, uh, you know, operating in life without a compass. So I think philosophy, you know, has sort of had a renaissance in the sense that like all these ancient texts have kind of filled the void for folks that have, you know, moved away from traditional organized religion. So that's why that's a little bit about my journey and why I think it's come to the forefront of popularity. And I think it's here to stay. Well said. And I agree 100%. I love that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Of all these uh, philosophical principles that you've learned and read about in meditations, what's one that you know you should be doing more of, or what's one that you seem to uh, stray away from, you know, committing to? What's been a challenge for you? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone—not everyone, but most people—are probably uh, a little bit guilty about talking about other people. So, look, I'm not one to like gossip and, and quote unquote like shit talk people, right? But um, you know, in in uh, certain moments I have found it, uh, comforting to talk to my, my dear and close friends or romantic partners or whatever about others. And the reality is like, I, I don't think that that's like a high integrity way to live your life. And even if you're not saying particularly bad things about you, it's sort of like, sort of a waste of time. Um, so that's something I'm trying to be a bit more conscious of in 2023 and beyond. But again, it's not like a major problem and it's not something I'm like getting into trouble for. Um, and creating, you know, stirring up gossip in, in, in my hometown about, but uh, it's something I'm trying to be a bit more conscious about that, of course, like many of the Stoics talk about too. Um, so that's one thing I'm focused on. And then I think one of the main driving principles that everyone could always do better, including myself, is just continuing to regulate your emotions. Obviously, you want to experience emotions, like anger is okay to experience, sadness is okay to experience, but being able to at least um, modulate um, or regulate rather how you respond to that is what matters most. And I think that's where most people fall short. I love that. Yeah, I really, really enjoy that. And then what philosophical principle you think that you've acted upon and executed and applied to your life has made the biggest impact over time? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I mean, I used to still do, but not really uh, have a bit of a temper. And I, I think it was a combination of things like um, the dynamic, uh, in a competitive household, which is mostly a good thing, but can lead to that. So that's part of it for me, but not, not all of it. That's for sure. Um, you know, certainly, uh, getting my hormones in order was, was a part of it. I also think bringing more awareness to the way I like operate and move in society too, um, and social interactions, uh, both big and small was important. And then, you know, honestly, just like optimizing my sleep to make sure that I'm well rested and, you know, in a, in a good place from that front, you know, those four things and more has kind of helped me um, really bring any sort of like reactivity or irrational um, response, you know, awareness to it and then allowed me to really regulate it. So one thing I think I've done really well is basically just learning to regulate my emotions and how I respond, even in times of like danger or, you know, people attacking me verbally or physically. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say like, that's a big strength of mine that I'm pretty proud of over the last few years. And I think it's been a big unlock for me, both in my personal life, my romantic on divorce, um, my business relationships, et cetera. Congratulations. I'm proud of you that you're proud of yourself. And my, my, my question, my question on that is how do you regulate your emotions when you're in that moment of like, Oh my God, I feel anger. How do you regulate your emotion? 
And what's some advice yeah. you give people to- Yeah, so, so I think the first part is just one, like it sounds cliche or obvious, it's just bringing awareness to it. So just the fact that you're aware of it is a big step. Once you're aware of it, if you're able to, in a small setting where it's like not that inflammatory, so to speak, where like, let's say you just like call me a name or something, I'm able to kind of regulate and take a pause. Once you do that and you, you experience what it's like to not respond rashly to someone, you realize that that is the way. And once you realize that that is the way, it starts to compound and you start to do it over and over again and to the point where it gets, you know, basically, you know, habituated in your psyche. In my view, and again, I might, I'm not a psychologist, so there's probably a more technical way to describe this. This is just my lived experience. Um, and you start to really experience the benefits of, of regulating your emotions. And I think like with any good habit formation, once you start to see results from something, you really start to build forward momentum and, and you don't really deviate. So an analog would be like, if you're trying to lose weight, and I assume you could probably comment on this better than me, um, if you're trying to lose weight, well, if you lose, you know, five to 10 pounds in the first, you know, few weeks or whatever in a healthy way, and you see that weight shutting off, you'll be more compelled to keep going. So th- that's really like the comparison I'm drawing here is like, once you, once you realize that, you know, controlling your emotions or how you respond, especially in negative scenarios is, is a net win for you. It's just a net positive. It's good for everyone, frankly. Um, you'll start to habituate that behavior and hopefully bring it into other parts of your life soon. Amazing. Now, is there a way to channel positive emotions, like high frequency emotions and regulating those? Or do we kind of just surrender and just allow like love, appreciation, gratitude to, and kindness to kind of just fill our heart and just try to like hone in on that and focus on that and allow that to uh, to resonate as long and, and as, as positive as possible? Yeah, it's 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 a tough dance. I mean, everyone's different, right? Um, we're all exposed to different levels of stress. So I would say the first step is awareness. The second step is regulating how you respond. And then the third step is how you transmute that um, energy um, to either, you know, good or um, or bad in some cases, but obviously hopefully for good. And yeah, I would say for me, a big unlock was, uh, I read this book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Love, yeah. love that book. Yeah, it's a tremendous book and it's an easy, easy read. And essentially the, the message without ruining it for everyone is, you know, if you just let things happen in life and, and not in a way that like uh, makes you powerless or doesn't, you know, have decisiveness, but if you just sort of surrender to the universe, so to speak, um, a lot of good will come your way, assuming you're acting in integrity. So that was a huge unlock for me. I actually read that like two weeks before I went to Burning Man. And ever since then, uh, I'll tell you like all the other things I mentioned on this call were just part of it. That was the biggest unlock in my life so far. So I'll give you some examples, right? Um, you know, a few unfortunate things have happened like in my, in my business, um, my personal lives and my romantic lives, uh, in my romantic life since then. And instead of like, you know, uh, spiraling or, you know, throwing a temper tantrum, uh, you know, whatever the negative reaction might be, you just sort of surrender to it and, and appreciate like, Hey, this is happening for a reason. Um, there's clearly a lesson here. And once you really actually believe that and, and you start to respond like that to when bad thing, you know, quote, unquote, bad things happen to you. Um, or difficult things happen to you, your whole life changes. Um, you know, a lot of people like to talk about that, that they react to things positively, but but I always thought I did until like I actually started living and breathing that philosophy, and that was a huge unlock for me. Oh, love that for all the people that are that are listening. If you haven't heard of Michael Singer, he's the author of The Untethered Soul, very popular book, sold multiple million copies. Um, and Surrender Experiment is is somewhat of his autobiography in a way. It's it's a, a story of his life, how he just like randomly drove to Mexico and he met this amazing family and he lived with them for a little bit. And then just long story short, he built multiple hundred million dollar companies without even trying. 
is really at the the end of and please add to it if if you could i'm i'm trying to just kind of summarize it as best as possible but to all those people out there if you haven't heard of michael singer and the untethered soul um also surrender experiment highly highly recommend books about consciousness books about awareness books about your relationship with your thoughts and your mind because guys you are not your mind you are not your thoughts you're the awareness of these things so um and i know you're super busy we're going to finish up this podcast uh in the next couple minutes. And I had Ben Greenfield on the podcast about two weeks ago. I'm sure you might know who that is. Maybe not. Um, big guy into biohacking. And I, I feel like all of us kind of has have some similar interests and things like that. And I just started like asking him random questions about his personal life. And I'm going to just ask some random questions. It could be yes or no. I want you to kind of answer as succinctly as possible. We don't have to go into too much detail about it, but I just, I want to learn more about you. And, and if it's too personal, you don't want to answer, you can just not answer. Um, my first question, do you drink alcohol? No. Okay. Do you smoke marijuana? Maybe once or twice a year. Okay. Do you uh, use plant medicine at all? Yes. Okay. How scared are you or worried are you of EMF radiation from Bluetooth, 5G, and Wi-Fi? I would say on a scale of zero being not not at all scared to 10 being very scared, I would say a five or a six. Okay. How much time do you spend consuming entertainment on social media or TV? Probably, it's, yeah, I'd say 60 to 75 minutes a day. I okay. recently checked that actually, um, and that was about what it's at. I don't really watch TV at all. I rarely watch movies, um, and I mostly, mostly what I was just mentioning is like Instagram and Twitter, and I try to curate that who I'm looking at there to mostly be friends and not really any news or negative, you know, negative stuff. I'm okay with, you know, an hour, even though when you compound that number over like your lifetime, it still is like a staggering number. As long as it's not like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours, I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of, you know, social media consumption as long as it's positive and, you know, um, helps me out as a person or makes me better. Good. I like that answer. Do you take any supplements? Yes, I do. Which ones? Uh, they're all based on my blood work. Uh, so I take, uh, a B vitamin complex. I take magnesium. I take vitamin D with K1 and K2. I take shilajit um, for testosterone um, and male sex hormone uh, production. I take Tongat Ali for those same reasons as well. Um, I take boron to lower my sex hormone binding globulin, which is related to testosterone. Um, and then I also take uh, quercetin and fish oil. Okay. Awesome. How, uh, how many days a week do you weight train? Four. Okay. And any cardio? Uh, I walk 10 to 12,000 steps every morning. Um, so that I kind of count as my cardio, but I definitely do sprints once a week as at the end of one of those four sessions. And I'll also do sort of like a 30 minute AMRAP uh, in one of those sessions as well, which gets like more steady state, um, higher elevated heart rate training as well. Nice. Where did you get that protocol from? I have a, I have a coach who I've had for probably six or seven years, but uh, if you recently saw the Huberman lab uh, release that basically was like, this is what you should be doing if you're doing anything for exercise. Fortunately, my coach was already training me like that and has been for years. So it sounds pretty spot on. Yeah. We're getting a super, you know, aerobic um, uh, session, a super anaerobic session. And then, you know, uh, three or four days of, of strike training with compound movements and then some bodybuilding stuff as well as like kettlebell flows, mobility and stuff. So it's a really well-rounded program. And then you add the walking in, right? I feel like I'm pretty bulletproof. Intermittent fasting, good, bad, right? For some people, not so much. Yeah, I mean, for, for men, it seems to be fine from what I've read. Um, most of the smart people I've listened to seem to think it's okay. Obviously, it's a bit more complicated, as are most things for women because of the uh, 
the the hormones involved there and and um and whatnot but it, speaking from my experience yeah i typically um stick to like 14 to 15 hour fasting windows so i'll eat you know within an eight or nine hour period each day and i actually um i'm actually about to do like a few multi-day fasts uh for the first nice. time so um just yeah. curious just for testing perspective um right i just want to see what that does um to my body so yeah i'll be tracking that okay do you or have you ever voted yes okay and are you going to continue to vote moving forward um yes okay and last question do you believe in god uh sort of expand on that a little bit before we wrap up last question I think, yeah i think there's a higher power uh, I, what does that god look like who am i to say um i think having having traveled through the, the psychedelic realms i would say uh look maybe it's a figment of my imagination but there's so many consistencies across the various plant medicines in my experience and then what other people are also seeing it makes me think there's some sort of like shared consciousness and look like this is a whole conversation for another time but um my, my, my gut instinct would say like there's something if you ask me what it is exactly like i'm not qualified to tell you um hopefully that at least gives you like a someone answer love it amazing benjamin smith guys uh if you're watching on youtube i'm gonna drop the link to uh let's go disco.com and also all of benjamin's socials if you're listening on spotify audible or uh apple podcast you can follow benjamin on instagram at it me benji i-t-m-e-b-e-n-j-i if you haven't already subscribed leave a review really appreciate it guys benjamin thank you so much for your time today it was amazing to uh connect with you one-on-one -on -one. if there's anything i can do to uh support you let me know yeah appreciate it Ty. thanks for having me out